0: CHAPTER Seventeen OF AMONG THE GREAT MASTERS OF THE DRAMA This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Catherine Phipps AMONG THE GREAT MASTERS OF THE DRAMA By Walter Rowlands FORREST THE FIRST AND GREATEST OF AMERICAN TRAGEDIANS LAWRENCE BARRETT The Life of Edwin Forrest has furnished material for three biographies, one by Alger, one by Rees, and one by Lawrence Barrett. Of later date than any of these is an interesting volume written by Gabriel Harrison, who died in 1902, aged 84. For many years an actor and manager, Harrison had supported Charles Keane, the elder Wallach, and Forrest, and also possessed artistic and literary ability having written and published several works from his book on forest is taken the following account of the great actor's rendition of virginius none that ever saw forest as virginius could forget his entrance before the tribune bearing virginia upon his arm his firm step showing the calm resolution within his heart his manner of holding her close up to his side one arm around her slender waist and the other hand grasping her hand it was the thousand tendrils of paternal love reaching everywhere toward his child like the ivy with its myriad clingings to the object it would hold on to who could forget the roman dignity of his figure who could forget the silence that pervaded the theatre the motionless actors on the stage waiting to be thrilled by his artistic work the silence was profound It was like the silence that pervades that sphere where noises cannot exist. It was the ominous prelude to the action of something great. Never did an audience before wait so long and patiently for the actor to say his words. When Virginius first addressed the tribune, Does no one speak? I am defendant here. Is silence my opponent? Fit opponent to plead a cause too foul for speech the clear pure tones of his voice were like vibrations struck from perfect chords by an orpheus and found an echo in the hearts of his audience each now in turn anxiously listened for the words of the shrinking and abashed claudius how intense and graphic was mr forrest's by-play when he finds that nothing but the death of his daughter by his own hand could save her from the pollution of the heartless december For a moment despair and perplexity were upon his face but when he discovered the knife upon the butcher's stall his facial expression electrical as the lightning that illumes the murky clouds pictured the outline of the true intensity of the fearful storm the poet cannot express with words what the tragedian expressed in a single look the consolation in the thought of his child's death rather than her dishonour by claudius The smile that followed as he looked into Virginia's face was full of pathos as he moved toward the butcher's stall to reach the knife, his patting her on the shoulder as he changed her position from his right to his left arm, that he might reach the knife, the taking of the knife, the hiding of it under the folds of his toga, the fondness he expressed in his words, "'My dear daughter.' and his quick and fervent kisses upon her upturned lips, striving to press them into her very soul, the gush of tears that wet his words. There is one only way to save thine honour. Tis this, and quick as the motion of the human arm could do it, the knife was pressed into her heart. The storm had broken. Its lightning had wreathed its searing folds around the instrument of death the blood streamed from the fatal blade the daughter's blood stained the father's hand and then the thunder tones of his mighty voice crashed through the theater in exclamations lo appius with this innocent blood i do devote thee to the infernal gods make way there if they dare this desperate weapon that is wet with my daughter's blood let them thus thus it rushes amongst them away away there away the reckless manner in which he rushed through the guards of lictors the shrieks of servia when she saw virginia fall to the stage the groups of friends that gathered around the prostrate virgin the bloody knife on high flashing from right to left as virginius cut his way through the ranks of soldiers Formed a picture of dramatic terror that thrilled the audience and excited them to wild shouting and waving of handkerchiefs. Round after round of applause followed the descent of the curtain, and repeatedly was the actor forced to acknowledge the overwhelming approbation of the crowded house. No less perfect was his portrayal of the delirious scene in the fifth act his demented look, the calling of his Virginia, Virginia it was a call dictated by a dethroned mind a sound that seemed to come from a mysterious vault there was a half wakefulness in it like the utterance of thoughts in dreams it had the touch of pity and was manifold in its meaning it was a reverting form of sound that turned back to the place where it came from and fell dead where it was born then came the awful picture as he kneeled over the strangled body of appius claudius the sigh he gave that burst the spell that bound him, as Icilius placed within his hands the urn that contained the ashes of his daughter, the folding of the sacred chalice to his heart, the relaxation of his limbs, and falling to the stage exhausted. All were of one masterpiece. End of chapter 17